Praise God. Well, turn with me. We're going to go back to the book of Colossians, the fourth chapter, and then to the book of James, chapter 3. And I am going to try to continue what uh, we began last Wednesday night. Colossians, the fourth chapter, and verse number 5. Uh, in, in verse number 6, it simply says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That phrase, walk in wisdom, is what I really want to lift out of that. I believe it is imperative that we do that not only to those outside the church, but in every day life, we need to be walking in wisdom. And I believe if you can, uh, if you can receive the word of God tonight, you will understand how vital that is. And then James, the um, third chapter, verse number 13, James said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The, this wisdom that he's just referring to descendeth not from above, but is earthly. It is sensual. It is devilish. For there were, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And everybody said, Amen. Let me begin tonight or continue talking to you about wisdom's walk. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. If you would permit me to, I would like to go back to the message translation of this passage and read it to you again because it magnifies what uh, sometimes uh, we, we do not grasp in the totality of what the words that are spoken mean. But it reads like this. And I love the caption. If you've ever read the Message Bible, there's uh, many times there's breaks in Scripture and there's captions. And this one says, live well, live wisely. And it begins like this. Do you want to be counted wise? And I think all of us would like to vote yes on that. We don't want to go through life being considered anything other than that. Uh, Do you want to build a reputation for wisdom? What Here's what you do. 
live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It is actually animal cunning, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. In It is gentle and reasonable and overflowing with mercy and blessings and not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honor. You can read it from many other translations and it will, it will bring the message home clear to your mind that God wanted us to understand that there are influences in life that will affect the outcome of our life and how we yield ourselves to those influences will determine what comes of our life. And so we began a journey last week and we explored the words and tried to define them and describe them in ways that we could uh, understand uh, in a better way. But I think the bottom line of it all is I have been captured by that phrase, walking in wisdom, walking in wisdom. I think that should be the desire of every one of us tonight is to conduct our lives in such a way that the right fruit comes out of our endeavors and that our purpose is to find a way to climb that mountain or to draw closer to him, however you want to uh, think of it, but to elevate our lives to a higher plane of living so that we align ourselves with God's plan and God's purpose for our lives. And bottom line is that we make the most of our life. I think of nothing more tragic than a wasted life. And and Paul writing to the Colossians after he said something concerning walking in wisdom, he spoke these words and said, Uh, That we are to redeem the time. The literal translation says, buy up every opportunity or take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. So that leaves me with the understanding that as I go through my life, God puts opportunities in my life for my improvement or for me to draw closer to him. The catch is that many of those opportunities come disguised as adversities or personalities or people that 
we just don't get along with. And how we navigate those waters and how we deal with those temptations will determine where we end up and how blessed our life will be or how many blessings we will miss in our life. I think it is imperative that you understand tonight from the get-go that preaching is a two-edged sword. And it affects me just as much as it affects you. So I am, I'm not talking to you tonight from the viewpoint or the perspective that I've reached this level, I've attained this, and this is what you need to be doing. I'm saying this is what all of us need to be doing, including myself. And I think it's a daily battle. I don't think that we can win over these things once and for all. I think because we live in a fleshly body, we're always going to be drawn in some way toward that lower life, that lower way of living, that lower way of thinking. And that's really what the word wisdom indicates. Sophia indicates that there is a higher realm of thinking and there is a lower realm of thinking. And one of those two influences my life, my decisions, my interactions with people, the choices that I make in life. They are affected by whether I reach for that wisdom that is from above or I am satisfied with this earthly uh, thinking and and uh, the earthly way of getting along and and so we started we talked about the word walk and you understand i i think very clearly that it it indicates more than just you putting your feet in front of the other and moving from one place to another but in in the greek the word has a much deeper meaning and It literally means to occupy or to live in a certain manner. It means that I am behaving myself in a certain way. I am carrying myself and deporting myself in a certain attitude. And that I am occupied. I am filled with a desire for that one thing. It is to do that one thing that I reach for, and I've been conquered by it. That's my only desire. And so when we talk about walking in wisdom, we're talking about the way that we handle ourselves, the attitude that we let live in our own spirit, or the thinking that we tolerate in our own mind. All of those things are indicating the way we are walking or the direction that we are moving. And so wisdom is is the object of our walk. It is not just to live on this lower realm, this earthly realm, where it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but it is to elevate our lives and be influenced by a heavenly wisdom, a godly wisdom. And that word influence has been eating on me. It it has been gnawing away because I, ever since I started looking at this, I realized that on a daily basis, there are things that are influencing me to go one way or the other. And how I look at those things and how 
I allow those things to be processed through my life. My mind and my mindset will affect what the outcome will be. And sometimes people live in a place of confusion But they do not understand why they're confused and they don't understand why there's so much chaos and turmoil in their life. And the scripture tells us why. Because you or I are being influenced by the wrong kind of wisdom. We're being influenced by the wrong kind of thinking. And when the wrong kind of thinking gets into your spirit, you, you, you become competitive. You, you become uh, narrow and 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 bigoted in many ways, not just uh, in ways that we would think, but you become judgmental and and every, everything is is like politics and i don 't even want to go there, but people the the word that is used for strife in the Greek in James literally means electioneering it 's what these politicians do when they try to get you to vote on them. And so they say whatever they think you want to hear, so you'll go to the ballot box and, and check their name and say, yeah, we want that guy. Now, what they do later may be completely different, and most of the time it is. But they've learned that there's a way to convince people to their way of thinking. And so Paul in or James in writing to the church said that same kind of spirit can get into the church and obviously it had already affected the church in some way that there were people that were actually politicking and they were they were trying to gather people to their opinions and not to God's uh, word or what his thoughts were and they were trying to uh, promote their cause not his cause and when that happened, he said, well, there's something needs to be, you, you need to be made aware that you, there's one of two things that's influencing the decisions and the choices and the outcome of your life. And one of them is the wisdom that is earthly, it's fleshly. He, he called it devilish. That's, that, that's pretty stirring that there is a, there is a way of thinking that pleases the devil because he loves chaos. He loves me to live in confusion. He loves when I don't know how to pray or I I don't feel like there's any hope for my life. And so I'm going in circles. The devil joys in that kind of situation. And what happens is if we let the wrong kind of thinking and the wrong impressions influence our lives, then what's actually happening is we play right into his hands. And he's all, he's over on the sideline smiling and saying, come on. Yeah, you're getting closer. Come on. I like what I see. He loves families that are torn up. He loves homes that are in disarray. He loves people's lives that are confused and, and, and torn to pieces because of bad choices and poor decisions. And, and there's an influence that causes that. And that's this wisdom that is from below. It, it produces strife, it produces bitterness, it produces wranglings and fighting. You 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 fail to get along with people and and people become your enemy and even those who try to help you, you bite the hand that tries to feed you. 
And that happens. It happens even in, in my life and your life. There are times that my flesh gets the best of me and my actions are not really what, what they ought to be. And, and the crazy thing is the fruit that it bears is always bitter. Amen. It's always bitter. And so I want to be influenced. I want to walk in a direction that will make my life better. I want to be moving in a direction that will help me become more like him. When Jesus was on earth, he told his disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples thought he was talking about bread because they didn't bring any bread with them. And they were so blind to what he was trying to tell them that he had to stop and say, no, you're not thinking right. You're thinking in this earthly realm. I'm trying to tell you that there is an influence out there that you need to be aware of and you need to stay away from it. The leaven of the Pharisees. And I got to looking at that earlier and I went over to Matthew chapter uh, 23. And if you want to turn there, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm not going to read the whole passage because it's pretty lengthy, but he, he said, beginning in verse number 13 of Matthew 23, he said, but woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, or you close the door for men to come into the kingdom and you become the determiner of whether they're qualified to be in the kingdom instead of letting God be the one that qualifies them or God forgives them. And so he said, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you neither go in yourselves. You don't even do it yourselves. Neither suffer you them that they enter in either. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you have devoured widows' houses. I don't even want to go into that, but it, they, they were taking advantage of people, not in every way, financially. They were exploiting people for their own benefit. And the Lord said, that's an influence that you cannot ever allow to get into your life. You can never look at people as some object that you use to get what you want down the road. You look at them like I look at them. They're the reason that I came to the earth. They're the reason that I died at Calvary. And when you look at another human being, I don't care how messed up their life is. You just remember this. I died. I for them. I bled for them. Amen. And they may be messed up now, but if you let me work on them, I can make them, I can make them clean and I can straighten up their life and I can bless them. But there's an influence. There's this hideous spirit, the, the leaven of the Pharisees that will get you to looking at other people sometime with a jaundiced eye. And you get to thinking, well, you know what? I'm glad I'm not like one of them. I'm glad I come to church all the time. I'm glad I pay 
tithes or, or I give my tithes or I give my, I'm glad that I'm not a hypocrite like they are. As soon as that word comes out of your mouth, you're a bigger hypocrite than they are. He said, they make them twice the, de- the, the, the child of hell than themselves by that influence. And Jesus said to his disciples, you need to be away. You need to stay away from that. And I'm telling you tonight, church, if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we're going to have to open our eyes wide enough to realize that the harvest that God has for us is going to be so grand that it's going to shock some of us who walk through those doors and God begins to deliver and transform. And I want my heart to be like his heart. I want it to be big enough that when they come, I can open my arms and say, come on in. This is where you need to be and this is what God has been waiting to do for you. Amen. Somebody say amen. Can I read a moment more? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You devour houses, widows' houses, for a pretense. You make long prayer. Therefore, you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass the sea or compass sea and land to make one proselyte. You persuade one man or one woman to lean in your direction. And when he is made, you have made him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the goal of the temple, he is a debtor. Be careful of that judgmental spirit that kind of creeps in sometimes that begins to split hairs. You know what? God is in the business of cleaning up. One of the things, Brother Glass told me yesterday, a vision that he had just a few days ago in prayer. And uh, the Lord showed him a man that, that came to his front of, of their home and it was raining heavy, heavy downpours of rain. And, uh, he saw the man when he looked out the door, he said, all I saw was mud and dirt and filth all over him. And he was soaked to the bone and, 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 and out of compassion, he went to the door and he opened the door and he brought the man into his house. And when he got into the house, the Lord stopped him and said, now what are you going to do with him? He said, well, God, I'm going to take him to the bathroom and I'm going to clean him up and then I'm going to feed him. He said, I'll tell you what, you feed him and let me clean him up. And that's what we need as a church, a place where people can be fed. And if it takes longer for one to get better than the other, don't worry about it. God's not through with any of us yet. Amen. I want to be influenced by a wisdom that is from above, that has a heart that is big enough to say, come on, God has room for you in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So what are we trying to learn? We're trying to learn that there are things we need to walk away from and there are things we need to walk after. There are things that we need to be occupied with and there are things that we don't need to be occupied with. And we need to have the discernment to know how to stay away from some things. You know, I've been trapped a few times in my life by what I thought were good people. 
Anybody ever been trapped by what you thought was a good person? And uh, you were, I was gullible. I was young in the ministry. I didn't know that that devils actually came to church. I thought everybody that was in church was Holy Ghost filled and living for God and doing right. But I met a few of them, I'm telling you. And I, I remember early on in my ministry, um, there was a particular family in a place that tried to draw my wife and I in. And we didn't, we were naive. We didn't know. But, uh, they, they, they were, they were befriending us and, and complimenting everything we did and invited us over to their home. We, again, we were dumb as bricks. We didn't know any, we, we thought they were, they were genuinely liked us and all of that. But what I found out once I got there is they had an axe to grind against the pastor and they were just looking for somebody that would align themselves with them. And the longer I sat there, the more I realized, honey, we got to get out of this and we got to get out of it now. And I learned a lesson that there are people that come into life sometimes and you think, oh, man, that you better check that spirit. You better make sure what you're getting involved in is taking you in the right direction, because there is a thinking that is of this realm that says, well, you know, it won't hurt for me to listen. It won't hurt for me to just be here. And I learned early on, it does hurt for you to listen because it affected me for time to come, trying to get that garbage out of my mouth. I don't even want to think that way. You say, well, Brother Hughes, it was true. You know what? Do we really know it was true or do we just suppose it was true? I want to leave the truth to God. I'm going to try my best to discern what's right, but I'm going to let him be the one to determine what's what's true. And and I learned that people sometimes they 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 are uh, they're devilish. That's the only way I can describe them. And they're devilish because they're being influenced by a kind of thinking or wisdom. James called it wisdom. Now I know that's hard for us to grasp, but what he literally meant: this is a way of thinking. This is a way of walking. This is the direction that you move in life, and you need to be careful because this is what it produces. It's earthly. It's devilish, but it produces chaos. It produces strife. It creates all kind of havoc. And that's not what you want in your life. Move toward this, the wisdom that is from above. Amen. There's things that I need to conform my life to. There's There are things that I need to conform my life to. But there also are things that I do not let conform me to them. And I need to know the difference. There's a way that I need to behave. And there's a way that I don't need to act. And I have to remind myself of that quite often. Amen. 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 I have to remind myself, you know what? You don't act like that. You don't talk like that. You don't respond like that. And that's why I've had to come back to the altar quite a few times in my life. And I'm still coming back. And I hadn't. I hadn't got the best of it yet, but I'm moving in the direction that will lead me closer to him. At least that's what my desire is. And I want that higher thought, that higher wisdom to be what influences me. 
And when I look at what it does, it's amazing. And we, we went through that and we talked about how one wisdom was crafty and clever and cunning and shrewd and deceitful and, and, uh, insincere. It was fraud. It's basically what one translation of the word was that it was just a fraud. It was a veneer, a facade. There was behind it was something completely different. And because of that, what it produced was just pure chaos and turmoil. And, and that is one influence in life. The other influence in my life is that wisdom which is from above. Amen. And then he talks about what it produces. He said it's first pure. I love that word pure. It means it's clean. Amen. It can handle inspection. You you don't have to second guess it or wonder, but it's like the breath of God in your life. It is wisdom that is cleansed of ulterior motives that you do not do things with a game in mind that you are not doing these things so that you can get what you want done. It's pure. It's open. It's honest. This is the kind that I want influencing my life. This is what I want influencing my life. I don't want to become a politician, whether in the church or in the district. And that's one thing that I've had to fight Because it's part of human nature to gravitate toward one party or the other. And I'm saying, God, this is not a party's church. This is your church. And you are not divided. You are not confused. And I don't want to be divided. And I don't want to be confused. And I don't want that that, that political spirit to get inside of me where I learn how to manipulate people or I learn how to... I maneuver around to come in the back door to get them to do what I want them to do. That's not what I want influencing my life. I want to, I want that which is pure influencing my life. Number two, he said, I want that which it, it is peaceable. And that speaks of the relationships between man and man and man and God. And true wisdom will produce right relationships. Amen. It does not separate men, but joins them, or women either. It does not divide, it unites. It doesn't hurt through clever words or cutting words, but it builds up and it brings closer and it draws you nearer to God. That's what I want in my life. I want to get to the place, I'm not there yet, but I want to get to the place that when people start trying to give me a little bit of garbage, I I, I say, oh, you you know what, I I don't want to be around that. Thank you for thinking about me, but take it to somebody else. Amen. Peaceable. Everybody say peaceable. It's gentle. Almost untranslatable word in the Greek, but it literally speaks of that which is just beyond the law. There's a law, but there's something beyond the law, a justice that's beyond the law, because the law is dead. It, it's it, The letter killeth is what the scripture said. So the law is cut and dried. But he said there is a kind of wisdom that elevates you beyond the law. 
that is better than just that rule. It's of a higher realm. It is justice and even better than justice. It speaks to correct things when the law is unjust. And there are times that maybe the law was unjust. But this gentleness will elevate you to a level of life and living to where you go a step beyond the law. Amen. And that that step toward God's and his purpose. It, it knows how to forgive. Listen to me. This kind of wisdom knows how to forgive when justice gives you every right to exact your ounce of flesh. Amen. But there is a wisdom that can influence my life that said, you know what? You may deserve a tongue lashing, but I just want to tell you, I sure love you. I'm sure glad you're here tonight. Amen. That's the kind of wisdom that's from above. That's what I want influencing my life. Amen. Now, I know that's hard to do because when people say hard things about you, my natural response is just like yours. I want to say something back to them. Don't you? Am I the only one that ever has that problem? Somebody snaps at you. What are you going to do? You're going to snap back at them. That's a that's a weakness of our human flesh. But James said there is an influence that can come into your life that is gentle. And even though they deserve the whip, you let them go. You release them from that debt. You don't hold them to that account. It means to make allowances and not stand up for your rights. Whoa. Make allowances and not stand up for what I have the right to stand up for. You know what? There's been times in my life and in my ministry when I was right. But I wound up being wrong. Because I let the wrong spirit motivate me. I... I, I, I felt like I had a point to make, and so I just kept pounding away at my point. And I missed the injury that I did to those that I said I loved and that I was concerned about. The word gentle means the perfect tempering of justice with mercy. The perfect blending of justice with mercy. I want to learn that. Amen. I want to learn that. I've watched my wife cook many times and, and I've watched her measure this and measure that and take this and that. And I'm looking at, it, I'm thinking, Oh Lord, that, 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 that's, that's an art in itself, knowing how much of each one of those to put in here so that you have the right flavor when you get through and it's the desired result. And I thought, you know what? It's no different in life. We can put too much in. Of one thing and it spoiled the whole recipe. Amen. Praise God. I want God to help me so that I know how to balance that in my life and to become more than just about rules and regulations, but relationship. How can I help somebody build a relationship with God? 
Now, I know that scares some of us because we've heard that in the past and people use that as an excuse to move away from doctrine or the truth. And that's not what that means. That's not what that indicates. You're not moving them away from anything. You're moving them toward what's right. But there's times in life when you have to step back and say, you know what? The best thing to do is to let God work it out. Amen. The ability to extend to others the kindly considerations that we wish to receive ourselves. That's what gentle means. Number four, he said it's easy to be entreated. It literally means willing to yield. You know, it's amazing how stubborn we are as people. (laughs) It's amazing how uh, critical we can become of people in life and we we become unbending and we become unmovable in some ways. We we refuse to allow uh, them the benefit of the doubt, and we become rigid and hard in our estimation of life, and we we are hard to get along with. It's still me up here. Yeah, we, we're hard to get along with. But he said, there's a wisdom that is from above that is easy to be entreated. It's easy to approach. You don't walk up to them on eggshells thinking, okay, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad? You can watch their body language. You watch how they, they, how they get up in the morning. Now, can I say something about it? I know I'm getting pretty close right now, but I'm just telling you, all of us are dealing with the same stuff. It's called flesh. And the flesh sometimes can be so unyielding. It can be so stubborn. It can be so rude to demand its rights. When you have to demand your rights, whatever you get is not going to be what you wanted. You understand that today. That if you just, you, you just grind that axe down to a nub, what you get is not going to be what you wanted. Amen. And for me, it is the opposite of stubbornness, unrelenting. It's not rigid, but it's willing to listen, willing to listen and skilled in knowing when wisely to yield. God, give me that kind of wisdom that is easily entreated. I don't want people to walk around me on tiptoes and slip out of the house. <laughs> I'm going to get real close. You know, uh, I, I don't want people having to walk around having to, oh, they got to be so careful the words that they choose and, and, and how, because somebody's got some edge on their life. God help me to understand that the reason you gave me the Holy Ghost was to transform my life and put in me a different way of thinking and reacting and interacting with people. And if I can learn how to let this kind of wisdom influence my life, the blessings that are going to flow into my life are going to be boundless. Verse number five, he said, it's full of mercy and good fruits. Mercy for the person in trouble. Even if it's their own fault. How many times have we said of people, you know what? They just got what they deserved. 
That's not the kind of wisdom that he was talking about. The kind of wisdom that he was talking about understood that they probably should have gotten it. But if there's a way that we can change that, mercy for the person in trouble, even if it's their own fault or they brought it on themselves. Man, this is so, this is, this is kind of hard to navigate through because it's too close to home. Amen. It's too close to what I am and what I struggle with. You see, pity is more than an emotion. Biblical pity is an action. The Bible says that the, 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 the uh, man, the Samaritan that was robbed and the man who came by or, or uh, the Bible said he had pity on him. Now there were others that had walked by the priest and all those others. But when this man walked by, he, he saw the man that had been robbed and the Bible said he had pity on him. He, he was moved with compassion. That's what it, what it indicates that he was moved with compassion. But if you notice, it was more than just an emotion. He put his emotion in shoe leather. He went to the man and he bound up his wounds. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we can talk about loving souls. We can talk about caring for the lost. But the way we're going to find out whether I really care for the lost and love lost souls is the actions that I live in every day. It's more than me just crying a few tears here in church and saying, Oh God, please bring the backslider home. What am I doing to help bring the backslider home? Maybe I need to call one of them. Maybe I need to invite them to lunch. Maybe I need to just get close to them and talk to them. I'm just telling you tonight, pity is not just an emotion. It is an action. And we have never truly pitied someone. I love this. Charles Spurgeon said it. He said, we have never truly pitied someone until we have helped them. Amen. I'm talking about the wisdom that is from above. It is full of mercy. It is without partiality. Amen. It is without, it comes from the root meaning, which means to not separate or to not make a distinction and thus discriminate. I'm saying, okay, well, you've had the Holy Ghost for 10 years. You've only had it for a month. So we treat them Differently, or we act toward them. Well, they come to church all the time, but they only come every once in a while. We, we draw lines and we treat one person differently. He said, no, 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 no. The wisdom that is from above is without partiality. It can open its arms to all. It doesn't operate in disguise or camouflage or masquerading, or covering, or under the cloak of night, or behind the veneer. It is open, and it is inviting. It never pretends to be what it's not. It never acts a part of its own way. It is sincere. I love that word, sincere. Oh, I, I jumped ahead. I, that's that's partial. I better go back to what I, it. It doesn't vacillate. It doesn't waver. And then he said, it's without hypocrisy. I love that word. In the Greek, the word 
comes from a, a root which means sincere. And in, in the t- biblical times, pottery was sold in the open market. And it, there was a certain process that they went through to make the pottery. But many times, because of the flaws in the material, when it came out of the fire, it had cracks and crevices and it had uh, fissures and weaknesses. And and so all of the, the, the marketeers had learned that they could take that vessel that was cracked and flawed and they would take hot wax and they would melt it in, into those cracks and cr- and then smooth it out really well and then they would take their paints and they would paint it all up. So when they came to buy... A piece of pottery, it looked good until they went to use it. And then it fell apart. And so they would ask the market, is this sincere? Is this without wax? Is this without covering? And he said, the wisdom that I'm talking about is that way. It is not hiding behind a veneer or camouflage behind some pretension, but it is it's clean, it's it's whole, it's right. Amen. I want to have that kind of wisdom. I want that kind of influence on my life. Because that's the only way I'm going to be able to walk in the way God wants me to walk. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to enjoy the blessings that God wants to give me is if I walk in that kind of wisdom. Walking without hypocrisy means to never act apart, to just get away or get along the way. Amen. Without wax. Amen. There's some, there's a vulnerability about living for God that sometimes we're very uncomfortable with. We don't like it when the Lord exposes us. I don't like it, but I need it. Because it's when he exposes what they would do to examine a pot. They would hold it up to the light. And the light was strong enough that it would shine through even the paint and the wax. And they could see if there were cracks. I want there to be such a light shining in here that when there's cracks in my life and I'm not... I'm not operating like I need to, or I'm not living like I need to, that all it takes is to be exposed to the light. And God said, okay, I need to work on this. Let's fix this here. Let's make this right here. I don't want, I don't want wax in my life in any fashion. I want to be genuine. I want to be sincere. I want to love like he loved. Amen. I want to give like he gave. I want to look at the world through the eyes that he looked at the world. Amen. And I want to care for the hurting like he cared for the hurting. And James sums it all up by saying that the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, the seed that is sown in my life is what produces the harvest that comes to my life. And I... I think that's important that we all understand. We need to check the seed bag that we're throwing, we're sowing in, in our life right now. Where, where's that seed coming from? Is it coming from a, a good source? Or is it coming from earthly means? And this is what he said, and the fruit 
of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Here is the result of the right kind of wisdom. The heart, this is what it literally means. The harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So the harvest of righteousness, it begins with the right kind of seed. And if you don't like what's coming up, check your seeds. If you don't like the outcome, if you don't like, if if you're tired of chaos, go look at the bag of seeds that you've been sowing. Because whatever you're sowing, the scripture says, that shall you also reap. Amen. Nothing good can ever grow in an atmosphere where men are at odds with one another. Nothing good can ever grow in that atmosphere. If I'm at odds with somebody in the church or somebody in my family, nothing good can grow in that atmosphere. So I have to make sure that I get the atmosphere right. Bitterness and strife are barren soil in which the seeds of rightness can never grow. Amen. I'm closing. There's one thing that I had prayed God to keep me from in my life more than anything, and that is bitterness. Amen. And I'm just like you. I've had many occasions to be bitter. But the only person that bitterness hurts is the person who holds it. Amen. It's like a cancer in my soul and my spirit, and it rots me out from the inside. And they are the person that I'm, I'm, I'm crossed with or I have feelings of they go on life and they don't even most of the time realize what's going on in my life. So bitterness is something that can happen to any of us because we get hurt and it's, there's a lot of things in life that are just not right and fair. And I, I've told you this before and, and I'm not just being open and transparent just to be that way, but I've been through experiences in my ministry that if I had let what happened to me in that moment have its way, I would not be standing here tonight because I had every right, humanly speaking, to be bitter toward a man or toward people because of what they were doing and and trying to hurt me. And And yet I realized that all of the bitterness inside of me wasn't changing that out there one bit. And so I had to get down before God and say, God, you have got to help me. I don't want that in my life. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens. I don't want bitterness in me because bitterness only hurts me, not them. Anyone who disturbs personal relationships and is involved in strife and bitterness, has cut himself off from the blessings of God's reward. Amen. That's true. Anybody that lives in that atmosphere of of chaos and confusion has voided God being able to bless them in any way. So we, we need to walk in wisdom, not just toward those with, that are without, but in our own daily life and let the, 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 
Wisdom that is from above be what influences us. When we do that, you can go through. I have four pages of scripture that I printed off in just the New Testament alone that talks about walking and, and in the right direction and what it produces and what it yields. It, 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 it produces the, the faith of Abraham. It, it, uh, it, it is, uh, it, it results in the blessings of God flowing bountifully into my life. And it's an open ticket to God's best when I walk in the right direction and I'm influenced by the right things and I allow the right things to govern my mind and my thinking. Amen. Sometimes I have to lay hands on myself and say, you know what? You're coming out of there. You foul thought, you, you, you mean thought, you vindictive spirit, you're coming, you're not staying in this house. Amen. Stand with me if you will. Amen. Walk by faith and not by sight. The only way you can do that is when you're sowing the right seeds and you're influenced by the right things. Walk in the spirit, he said, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, what influence is influences your life is going to determine the outcome. Amen. I want that godly wisdom, that wisdom that is from above. I want it saturating my mind and my being. I need it right now more than I've ever needed it. I need it tonight. Amen. Because when it's all said and done, what I want said of my life is not that I got by or I got my ounce of flesh or I made them pay. What I want to be said is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's all that's going to matter. Whatever I have to go through to get to that point, it doesn't matter. As long as I can hear him say, you did good, son. Amen. Come on. Let me show you what I prepared for you. Amen. I want the blessings of God on your life. I want them on our church family. But I know that this year with great promise for us uh, could also be a year of great frustration for some people if we don't have the right influence on our life. You need to chunk the negative thinking. Just take a garbage can and go get a shovel and start putting all those thoughts that uh, sometimes affect us and make us go in the way we go. Get it out and say, God, transform my mind so that I'm thinking in the channel of, of your your blessings and think, help me to think thoughts that are going to elevate me and and bring me closer to where you are. Amen. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Take somebody by the hand that's near you right now. Let's pray together. Holy Ghost, we need you tonight. I know it's been difficult, Lord, for me to be able to convey these thoughts, and I know that I am not qualified in many ways to say some of the things that I've said tonight because I still, in my own humanity, struggle with some of those things. But God, I want that wisdom that is from above. I want that influence in my life 
that will go beyond just the law, that will reach and know how to mix mercy with justice and know how to give people an opportunity to make it right and to give them the benefit of that or to build relationships, Lord, that will help engender the blessings of God in my life and in my family. God, help me guide my tongue, guide my thoughts, guide my emotions and my feelings so that they are moving in the right direction so that we can see your best and we can experience the greatest revival that we have ever seen in our life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Somebody say, walk in wisdom. Amen. That's what we're, that's what our goal is, to walk in wisdom. Amen. Every day, every day. God bless you. Love somebody and tell them, you know what, we've got something to work on tonight. Amen.